You're listening to Devotions with Pastor Daniel Williams, taken from the Redemption Church YouTube channel. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to these live devotions. I'm Pastor Daniel Williams, excited to be with you here once again to study God's Word. And uh, man, I was not with you last week because I've been so sick, but I am getting better even though I probably sound a little stuffy on the audio and video. But uh, man, this week I'm excited to get back into God's Word and we've been doing some special things for these devotionals as I've been uh, teaching from the book of Acts, Paul's second missionary journey. I should probably turn off my notifications over here uh, so I don't get beeped anymore. But we've been uh, looking through Acts uh, chapters um, 16, really going into about Acts chapter 20 as we'll do this second missionary journey of Paul going and bringing the gospel to Europe and planting all these churches. And a last devotion, we looked at the work in Philippi and what the Holy Spirit did and how he accomplished great things and planted a church through the power of the gospel in this little seed sown of the gospel. People received it by faith. Lydia, the demoniac woman, the prisoner, uh, the jailer at the prison when Paul and Silas were uh, just worshiping the Lord. And what I want to do is not just walk you through what took place historically, but also uh, theologically in the Bible, there are actually letters or books to these places that Paul went. And so I thought today what we could do is sort of do an overview of the book of Philippians. Now, I know what you mean. It's going to be a long um, devotional. Well, it could be. Uh, years back, actually, um, what I did to sort of sum up, I want, I only had about a month and I wanted to sum up the book of Philippians and I took it in four messages. To be able to do that, um, I used Warren Wiersbe's uh, outline, Be Joyful. I'd never really done this before. I somewhat stuck to it where our community groups uh, used the Warren Wiersbe book, read through it, and during the week, we got to be able to discuss the study questions. And on Sunday, I preached it. I was able to preach it in four messages, uh, sort of a chapter each message. The first chapter, and this whole book is all about a mindset, right? Having the, uh, the mind of Christ, having a mind um, that thinks upon God's truth and understands who he is and rejoices. Uh, Warren Wiersbe gave this title or this book, uh, a letter outline said, be joyful. Even when things go wrong, you can have joy. And this is what this book is about. The, the book of Philippians is about having joy. It's being content in the Lord. Uh, he gave an outline that said in chapter one, it's about having a single mind. Uh, chapter two is about having a submissive mind. Chapter three is about having a spiritual mind and chapter four is having a secure mind. So it's all about uh, renewing your mind in God's word and truth. And these letters, epistles, books of the Bible were actually written to individuals or churches that would be instruction to them to have the mind of Christ, to hear what God's heart was for them and how to live for them. And so Philippians is one of those books where, um, man, as you know, you could take a small book of the Bible and go, for hours upon hours, um, but you can actually read a lot of these smaller books in the New Testament um, called epistles, letters, um, in in 15 minutes, 25 minutes. Sit down, have a cup of coffee, drink it. And so what I want to do uh, is just sort of have that mindset, maybe a 15-minute, 20-minute sort of mindset of let's go through the book of Philippians. Like Let's just geek out a little bit. And what I want to do is I want to give you a little bit more history more of an outline format uh, from a guy who's uh, taught on this and wrote outlines of the entire Bible. Uh, I actually went on this trip 
the footsteps of Paul with him, Jim Gallagher, he wrote this thing called Step by Step, where he took a every chapter of his church or every chapter, every book of the Bible, every week he would take just a book of the Bible and summarize it. And so I want to give you some interesting facts from him because uh, I think it serves as a good outline. It could sort of help me because, um, well, you know, I could be scatterbrained and I could talk a long time. Uh, but Philippians, just by way of introduction, it's the 11th book in the New Testament. So if you just start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, uh, keep on going, Acts. If you just start flipping your Bible, it will be the 11th book. And it's and it's the sixth book uh, authored by uh, the Apostle Paul. Uh, it's really a, a great book about rejoicing, about instructing God's people on who is God, how effectively to live for him, to serve uh, him. And Galatians, what we're studying on Sunday, was one of the first epistles or shorter letters or books of the Bible that Paul would write. And Paul would just continue to write books or letters of instruction to people. Now, these epistles, even though they're the 11th book in the New Testament, it's not in a particular order. Uh, Philippians was written about 10 years after what we studied um, on uh, Acts chapter 16, where Paul goes in to Lydia, where she, he first preaches the gospel. The church had been established by now, uh, and he was giving them instructions. And this book of Philippians is sort of a subsection uh, in in the epistles known as the prison epistles because Philippians is often known probably at the end of Acts was written uh, where Paul was in prison and he wrote a lot of books of the Bible in prison. Ephesians, Colossians, Philemon, uh, Philippians are commonly known as the prison epistles because he was incarcerated at that time. And we saw how Paul responded to that trial with Silas when he was in prison the first time we see him praising God. And so it would be no surprise to us that he would be effective even in the midst of a trial being in prison. He wasn't praising God with a song. He was praising God with writing instruction and making disciples. And it's awesome because this book is all about rejoice. And many people think you only could rejoice that you can be happy because of circumstances, because you get a million dollars or a good job or something goes right. Well, Paul teaches us in Philippians 4, 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Uh, he would say in Philippians 4, 1, not that I speak in regard to, uh, to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. And this is, this is something that the Lord gives to people. He gives joy. He gives peace. He gives contentment because although situations change, our circumstances may change. The Lord doesn't. And we can always find joy in the Lord. Uh, and so this book is uh, commonly known, uh, as Warren Worsby said, to be joyful. Even when things go wrong, you could still have joy. And so it's all about God and having this mindset of focusing on God and who God is. And so Paul would write this letter for a couple of different reasons. First, he wanted just to reflect on what God had done. Uh, we had mentioned this and studied this when uh, Philippians 1.1, when he says, Hey, it's Paul, it's Timothy, servants of Christ, to the saints of Jesus Christ, at Philippi, the overseers and the deacons. God had established a church and Paul was now strengthening that church with God's word. This is how the, this is how the church of God, uh, the people of God are strengthened through the word of God. And so Paul is actually orating. Uh, he's writing this thing, speaking this out loud, giving them instruction uh, and, and giving them truth. Uh, we need to make sure as 
the people of God, that we're in God's word. And it's an important thing. But you see thematically, this is almost like a fundraising thank you letter to this group because this group had been changed by the gospel. And one of the works of the gospel is it transforms your life to want to follow God. And they wanted other people to know about God. So they supported Paul's ministry. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Paul realized and recognized their contributions, financial contributions to his ministry and the impact that it made. Now, this is important for us to see some valuable insight uh, in some reasoning of giving in the church. Uh, Many people too often present giving to make uh, God act as if he doesn't have finances or means to get his work done. But actually, Paul presents giving as a blessing to them to contribute to the work that God is doing. In Philippians 4, 16, it says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds on your account. There is fruit born in our lives when we give to the gospel, when we worship and trust God financially, when we honor God with the first fruits of our hearts. Uh, this is a very important subject because oftentimes we think, um, Money is a substance of trust, of security. If we have enough, we're going to be okay. But the Bible actually doesn't say that. Uh, The Bible says that when we actually worship God with our money, we're going to be okay because God is the source of our strength, not finances. So he actually tells us to invest our finances to things that actually matter. And this is what the church of Philippi was doing. They were using their finances to support Paul, to preach the gospel, to get the the, the message across. That's uh, so what I love about our church. Uh, we pursue, but we proclaim Jesus. We try to use our resources to proclaim God, to give uh, video cameras and devotionals and mics and, and proclaim the good news of Jesus. And this only happens because of the unnamed people in Redemption Church that worship the Lord generously uh, unto the Lord. And so part of the fruit that we get is not just here and now with a content heart, not struggling with the uh, idolatry of money and love of money, but the Bible, even Jesus says in references that we can actually have eternal rewards stored up in heaven and we can invest when we invest in the kingdom of God. That's a part of our fruit. Uh, and so Paul one of the reasons he's writing this letter is to thank them and to remind them that there's fruit in their giving and their generosity and their living for the Lord. Uh, The next thing that he writes this letter for is to teach us to proper, the properly way to sort of think as believers. And this is the big mindset um, or theme in this book is having the right mindset. Uh, Philippians uh, four, two, he would talk and tell them, uh, tell these, the church, Um, These two ladies, they were struggling, um, having problems with one another to have the same mind in the Lord. Uh, The book of Philippians gives us this valuable insight in what the church is and what it is not. Uh, It is a group of sinners saved by grace. Uh, It's not a group of people that are perfect. The Bible says that we are to renew our minds in what God has said. And so uh, the way that he wanted to bring unity is to have these two ladies have the same mind as the Lord. And this is important for us to understand because the church, ecclesia, is a compound word meaning called out ones, right? We're called out ones, but it also speaks of the fact that uh, we gather together because we are a group of sinners saved by grace. We're called out to live lives distinct from this culture that surrounds us, but yet 
we're a church body, uh, which speaks of uh, we're in this thing together, but no one is perfect. No believer, not you, not me. We're not perfect. We can't attempt to live uh, in isolation. And so what ends up happening is there's going to be conflict as you and I have fellowship. That's just the way it is. But we can have unity when we have the mind of Christ. And this book is all about having a mind of Christ. Uh, it's dealing with uh, problems that arise in the church family. Uh, I don't know if you know this church people have church problems. Okay. Because we're saved by God's grace and God's doing a renewing work in our lives. And we bring unity. We submit our minds and our lives and our body to him. And so it tells us how we should think. And it's first says we need to think properly about the way that we treat one another, uh, the way that we treat one another and think about towards uh, one another. Uh, Philippians 1, 3 through 4, Paul would say, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making a request for all, uh, for you all with joy. First off, Paul thanks God for what God had accomplished in their life. But Paul also prays for what had not been accomplished. Now, this is very important for us because if we're going to be around Christians, other other um, called out, redeemed people, we got to thank God that he's working in, in our lives. But we need to also pray for one another because he's still working in our lives. And this is why you get that verse in Philippians 1, 6. It says, being confident in this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Uh, this is an important lesson for us, a, a, a broken Christian, um, Christians are broken. And in this broken world, um, we need God's help to live for him. And as we're all trying to live for him, we need grace with one another to forgive one another, to, to give, um, to give grace in how we handle one another. Uh, not being like, well, you guys are Christians. You should be, have your act together. No, no, no. We're Christians because we're saved by grace and we're sinners and we're still having God do that work in us. And we need one another to be able to love one another and serve one another and bear one another's burdens and have this mindset that we, um, <clears throat> that although God has done a great work in our lives, we're there, we're not there yet, but he's going to complete it. Now we need to think properly, not only towards the church, um, but also what the, like, not just one another, but what, what are we to do together as a church? Have you ever thought about that? Like, what's the purpose and point of a church? And Paul addresses that in verses 12 through 14. He says, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard. And what he's talking about is, uh, he, what happened to him is he's in prison. The palace guard were people that were guarding him and he was sharing the gospel. And he says, for all the rest that my chains are in Christ and most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident in my change are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul is all about the furtherance of the gospel. If you think about any church, any group of God's people gathering together, why do we do it? Well, we need to be about the furtherance of God's gospel. Uh, Philippi was started as a missionary endeavor and Philippians um, joins Paul now in the effort to reach others for the kingdom of God. And so it's important to keep in mind the purposes of the church here on earth. Uh, we're about the gospel. 
This can get a lot. We can get a lot of trouble when we lose our mind of why we even exist. What's the purpose? Well, to proclaim the gospel to the unsaved, right? We're to make disciples. So we need to evangelize, come alongside of them, build our faith. We need to train up leaders, continue in ministry, plant churches and further the kingdom of God here on earth. And this is important because when a lot of people don't have this mindset, there's a lot of problems. It's sort of like, um, I like to give this illustration, uh, the army or Marines. When, when, when the army or Marines are in on uh, R and R rest and relaxation, the military police, they have a lot to do because there's a lot of friction and stuff going on and conflict in between, uh, the branches of the military for the U S but when we're at war and we're on mission together, uh, the military police don't have a lot of stuff going on because we have a common enemy and we have to understand we're in a spiritual warfare, uh, too oftentimes because we don't stay task on the gospel, making disciples, uh, we have a social club and we want to do this and make this and let's entertain and let's do this. And we get off all these things. No, we're not training leaders. We're not planning churches. We're not being on mission. So what ends up happening is there's a lot of conflict in the church and it creates even more problems. But the reality is, is the church needs to stay focused. And Paul's like praising God. He's like, Hey, because I'm in prison, it actually helped the gospel go out with this, uh, palace guard, but it's emboldened people to preach the gospel. And this is a good thing. We can rejoice because the task of the church is to preach the gospel, to make disciples, to train up people, to plant churches and to further the kingdom of God. And so we need to think properly with one another, with when we get together, our main task, we need to think properly towards ourselves. Uh, this is what Philippians 2, 1 through 4 is all about. Let me read this to you. And so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in the full of cord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also the interest of others. First five says, have this mind among you of yours, which is found in Christ Jesus. Uh, we are to have the mind of Christ and to properly think in humility about ourselves. Not our life isn't just about us. We're to love other people, to put others before our own. And this is the exact same mind, uh, what Warren Wiersbe would say, a submissive mind that Christ had with the Father, uh, who submitted himself, did not acquire equality with God, but gave up his rights to love people. Uh, this is the mind that we need to have. And Paul's instructing this church, hey, have this mindset. Now, in chapter three, we need to have a, a correct mind about this life not only with one another in the church, but even in this life, because we have to understand this isn't our home. We are citizens of heaven. We're to have the mind of Christ, but we're also to have the mind set on things above, Colossians says. And so Philippians 3.12 says, Not that I have already obtained or am already perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of for, what, uh, for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Uh, your life and my life should be all about fixing your eyes on Jesus. Uh, moving ahead in life, looking towards heaven, our eternal impact, where we'll be for all eternity. Um, you know, many of us, we have past failures because God's completing this work and we're being sanctified and we mess up. But we let those 
past failures hold us back like anchors and we don't move forward in the Lord fully free um, and accept the grace and mercy that he has for us. Uh, we need to press on, Paul says, have this mindset. Uh, others, others, uh, they have past victories. Man, we've planted a church before. We've finished this book of the Bible before. We've done this great thing before. And what we do is we glory in our past thing. I'm thinking about right now, we just had a mission trip team meeting uh, with some of the same people that went on a mission trip last year. We can glory on the mission trip we went last year, but I was reminding them, hey, don't forget God has something for us this year. We need to make sure we're on prayed up and on task and asking the Lord, what do you want in this season for this moment to move forward? We need to press forward. I can't just say, well, I completed the book of Exodus. That was amazing. A year and a half of Bible teaching done. No, there's more Bible to be taught. As a Bible teacher, I'm going to can you keep on pressing forward and looking to God and fixing my eyes on him. We need to have the right mindset in this life about what we're doing and we need to continue to press into God. Well, lastly, you probably know this verse in chapter four, having a secure mind, having this mindset. Again, you, you start picking up this theme. If you look for these words or this theme in the book of Philippians, oh man, I hope I didn't go too much, too long. I, I can go forever on this stuff, man. It's so good. Uh, but uh, Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is lovely or honorable, whatever is just and whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. There's there's an exhortation in this letter that God wants to bring fruit in your life, wants to give you joy, wants to give you peace. But how does that go? It's by thinking and claiming the promises of God. And there are some great promises, right? He who began a good work will finish it. Uh, there are many great and precious promises um, in this book alone, um, but Paul is saying, hey, think about these things. Think about this. Think about this. Think about that. Whatever's pure, lovely, honorable, like the peace of God will join you. Uh, he who casts his mind on him, Isaiah says, he gives perfect peace. Oftentimes in this anxious, anxious world, this depressed world, we have our mind fixed on so much different stuff. And I'm not saying it's bad stuff, but it's not the ultimate good stuff. Uh, watching the news, being informed, social media, and your friends and your family, your finances, the responsibilities. There's all this stuff going on. And, and Paul's like, have you thought about Christ? What's honorable today? What's good today? Um, Paul wanted them to think about Jesus. And he said, there would be peace when you practice these things. So don't be anxious. Like we learned from Jason, where Jesus taught in Matthew right? Uh, to not be anxious that God is going to take care of us, but we need to fix our eyes on him, have his mindset, uh, have one that trusts in his grace that we can move forward, uh, have a mindset where we know where we're not perfect and the people, the people of God, the church, they're not perfect and we need to give grace to them. And so I think our country is plagued right now with anxiety, with mental health, with depression, but the book of Philippians scripture itself 
teaches us the solution to the problem is fixing our mind on Christ, having the mind of Christ and hearing God's truth and letting it seep into our souls to manifest through our bodies. Our faith will have work. Our belief will have behavior. And when we practice these things, the Bible says we will be blessed. And so, man, uh, if you want more Bible teaching on the book of Philippians, go to redemptiondb.com backslash teaching. Um, you could pick up this commentary book, Be Joyful uh, by Warren Wiersbe. It's another great resource or even the step-by-step outline PDF um, from Jim Gallagher. Uh, but I wanted to just take a little bit of a pause through the, the second missionary journey um, of Paul as he's establishing these churches. Uh, he not only did one work, but he would strengthen the churches by giving scripture. And that's what I want to do when we get together to strengthen you and your faith through scripture. And so I just wanted to give you an overview of the book of Philippians, this short little epistle, four chapters, where we can get an overview and find where we can actually get contentment in the Lord and be full of joy, not just basing our happiness off circumstances, but what God has already done in and through us. And so I hope that was helpful. We'll continue next week, Lord willing, um, uh, with a Bible study on Uh, the next city that Paul is going to infiltrate with the gospel, and that is in Thessalonica. Thessaloniki is the common word, uh, and I'll have a video. I'll have some more teaching on that, but I just wanted to do that. And maybe uh, after we learn what Paul did in in Thessalonica uh, in Acts chapter 16, 17, um, man, what we'll do is maybe we'll study this again, if you guys like it, uh, first and Thessalonica. Second Thessalonians to give you sort of an overview of what that uh, those epistles and that message is all about. And so, man, uh, so good to be back. So good to be feeling a little bit better, even though I probably sound a little stuffy. Uh, thank you guys so much for journeying with us today as we looked at the book of Philippians. I pray it was a blessing to you and encouragement. And we'll catch you in the next video as we always want to point you Uh, to Jesus through his word here on these live devotions. God bless you guys, and uh, may Jesus fill your heart with joy this week.